just like facts have no place with an organized religion. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. The zip code famous Michael Graff Show. Oh, you have got to be kidding, sir. First you think of an idea that has already been done. And then you give it a title that nobody could possibly like. The Michael Graff Show. Eyes a kite, everybody. Goofballs. How would you handle this? We could try ignoring it, sir. I see. Pretend nothing has happened and hope everything turns out all right in the morning. Just a thought, sir. I've considered that. Warning. The following broadcast is presented without the use of talking points, blatant hypocrisy, or Kool-Aid. You know, it's bad when this guy has to become the voice of reason. It's the return of the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. I like these, uh, I like weekend podcasts. It just uh, feels a little bit different. It's better. It's a different kind of energy or something. Man, there is so much to do. This is going to be one of those uh, epic, long marathon kind of shows, I have a feeling. So much going on. Hey, welcome in. It's another edition of the Zip Code Famous Michael Grav Show. It is Saturday. And I don't even know what... The, uh, February 26th, 2011. This, by the way, the 18th anniversary, or the... I hate to say anniversary, that almost denotes a celebration, but the... Yes, the uh, 18 years ago today was the first attack on the World Trade Center in New York. And infamously, while the suspects were rounded up, uh, they uh, uh, reportedly, one of the... Arresting officer said, well, you didn't get it. You didn't knock it down. And then uh, one of the guys said, uh, yeah, not this time. Supposedly, that's the story that went down with that. All right. Contact information for the program, Mike at KMGX.com. That is our email address. It is Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name Michael Groff Show. And for everything else Michael Groff related, you can go to the one, the only, michaelgroff.com. Also, it has our PayPal address over there where you can uh, donate to this program monetarily. Again, Mike at KMGX.com is also our PayPal address. Always appreciate those. Your generous contributions to this program. Certainly encouraged. All right, so much going on between the protests that are going on in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, everybody making this out to be a, uh, this is like, this could be the end of democracy as we know it. This is a revolution. This is, look, uh, let's let's not get too grandiose, but certainly important protests going on all across the country today in city after city, supporting the people of Wisconsin, the teachers' unions. It's a very complicated issue. And of course, if, unless you've been living under a rock, you have heard that the governor of the state of Wisconsin, this guy Scott Walker, a Tea Party candidate, he got prank called this week. 
And not just prank called, but he... He showed himself to be the mother of all morons in how he got prank called and revealed his entire strategy and just what an incompetent lackwit this guy really is. We're going to play that. I'm not going to play the entire prank code. It's like 20 minutes. We're going to play a little bit of it in case you haven't heard it. The a governor, keep in mind, this is a sitting governor of a state Gets prank called by a guy purporting to be one of the major backers of the Tea Party movement. <laughs> you know, I was I was having a conversation earlier this week. You know, and it, it has come to my attention that maybe, just maybe, I am becoming a little bit more liberal. I I don't know. I I hope that's not really the case. But I have to tell you, just based on some of the stories and based on my reactions, if you just heard this show, if this is the very first time you ever tune into this show and you hear some of the commentary that I have to offer on uh, some of what's going on around the nation right now, you would think I was the biggest liberal. You would think I was just like Mike Malloy, except without quite the intense anger and yelling son of a bitch every other second. But you would think I was one of those people. So we have that. We have a lot of stupid news to get into. We have just so much stuff to talk about. It's it's overwhelming. And uh, we have lots of listener email. I don't even know where to start. I, I want to get into this serious, heavy stuff. But first, I, I've had this sent into me by like five or six people. And I should just probably address this. So some of you might know the song, uh, the, the latest song from uh, Lady Gaga. We played it. It was on the pop chart this week. It's this song called Born This Way. And I'm bringing this up because people say that Lady Gaga stole this song from Madonna. She she stole the song Born This Way. And that it's really just, it's a ripoff of a Madonna song. So I want to address this because you people are tone deaf. Here is, here's a little bit of Born This Way. Hold on, let me, let me cue it up a little bit. Here is Express Yourself from Madonna. Let me uh, go to the uh, the hook here. It's got a similar chord progression. Similar sort of uh, key progression, but I'm sorry. I I just, I don't see it. I I just don't see it as a blatant ripoff. Look, we've done blatant ripoffs on here. Uh, The Joe Satriani thing with, uh, where's that at? The, uh, The Joe Satriani clip. There. Now, look, this, here's here's an example of ripping off, okay? So we have the Joe Satriani song, and then we have uh, Coldplay. Remember Coldplay ripped off Viva La Vida? Now, for those of you that don't remember that, 
Uh, here is a little bit of uh, Viva La Vida. And here is Joe Satriani. Okay, that is blatant ripoff. That's blatant Coldplay blatantly, blatantly ripping off Joe Satriani. All right? But uh, Lady Gaga did not blatantly rip off Madonna. Again, the two just aren't, uh, they're not really comparable, I don't think. Here's a little bit again. Here we go. And now, once again, Madonna. See, I don't know. I just don't see it. So for the people that are sending me that, uh, please stop. It's really not. And those are the same people that said that Lady Antebellum ripped off the Alan Parsons project, Eye in the Sky. Now, again, uh, not there's hardly you're, you're going to hardly find a bigger Alan Parsons project fan than myself. But uh, I don't think Lady Antebellum ripped them off. If you didn't hear about that controversy here, once again, this is uh, the Alan Parsons project. With, um, with a little bit of uh, Eye in the Sky. Here you go with a uh, little bit of that. Here we go. I am the eye in the sky Looking at you I can read your mind I am the maker of rules Dealing with fools I can cheat you blind Alright, so and then here's uh, Lady Antebellum with uh, Need You Now. Supposedly, this is a ripoff. I, I don't see it, but... It's a quarter after one I'm all alone and I need you now Said I wouldn't call But I lost all control And I need you now You know, they're not even in the same key. Sometimes I think people just like to gin up controversy. They want to just uh, make fireworks where there really isn't anything. That's sort of the sort of the message I'm getting out of that. All right, so that is uh, that's one controversy, and uh, I've killed that. All right, we've taken care of that. Addressed it here on the program. Please, uh, no more emails about how Lady Antebellum uh, ripped off the Alan Parsons project. No more about how Lady Gaga ripped off Madonna. Uh, you can keep sending the Coldplay stole from Joe Satriani stuff, though. I wonder, did, how did that ever turn out? Did they ever resolve that? I, I didn't hear anything about it. Oh, my God. I mean, that's... And there's been other musical ripoffs throughout history, but uh, sometimes, folks, there's only so many chord progressions, which, by the way, you cannot copyright a chord progression because if you could copyright a chord progression... Um, Almost every song uh, would be a ripoff of, of a song from hundreds of years ago. Again, there's only so many chord progressions as well. 
Only so many progressions in general. Only so many combinations. At least uh, combinations that sound palatable to the ear. Of course, ZZ Top only used the same like three chords in every single song. So, you know, I don't see how they could ever have gotten in any trouble. <laughs> they stole their own uh, chord progression. All right. So uh, we have a lot, man. There's so much going on. First of all, the unrest in the Middle East, it is spreading uh, the North African unrest in the Middle East. We've talked about it uh, a little bit here on previous shows. Morocco, um, Libya, Egypt, Bahrain, uh, even in Iran. There's pro now in, in Iraq as well. There's uh, protesting going on there. Uh, even in China, of course, they've done their best to suppress that. We've talked about that, too. So it is spreading, folks. People have had enough of these uh, totalitarian governments, these dictatorships, these monarchs, these oligarchies, the, all this stuff that's uh, over there, these these ever-present, all-powerful governments. People have had enough of it. They want to see either some form of democracy or they just want to see a new leadership. The problem is, in many of these places, there have been revolutions before, and of course, we wind up, the United States either intercedes and you wind up with a worse person than you had in there before, or the people just wind up electing somebody that's brand new, but it's new boss, same as the old boss. And that's another problem that is, again, ever-present in these nations. But in Libya, it's really bad. Now, I, I want to, first of all, I have to address this issue because it's been reported that, oh, these protests that are going on in Egypt, this is great. The people are rising up. And, and I'm no fan of Hosni Mubarak. No question about it. The Egyptian leader who has really stolen over $70 billion from his people. This is a nation that gets United States foreign aid to the tune of $1.5 billion a year. This is a guy that has... Uh, under his watch, the people see 40% unemployment, and uh, most people in Egypt live in uh, horrible conditions, um, nearly squalor in some places. Really not a great place to live uh, unless, you know, you kind of like that sort of uh, utilitarian, not even utilitarian, just very, very minimalist uh, style of living, um, you know, where you have to fight just to get your food, where you get paid $5 a day to work, uh, that's not a, a way to live. So I'm no fan of Hosni Mubarak, even though the United States uh, considers him an ally because he's friendly to Israel and they, had, they have the Suez Canal and all of that. But at the same time, the people that are rising up against him are just about as bad as he is right now. And you say, oh, Mike, how can you say that? They're, they're overthrowing a dictator. You, you can't get on him for that. Uh, yeah, I can. So I've heard nothing but, oh, these are peaceful protests and the people are just, uh, they're just rising up and they're just uh, using the power of the people and, and they've had enough and these are just good people and they want to see, uh, they want to see a, a new nation. They want to see, uh, that's BS. It's a, it's a bunch of crap. Uh, exhibit A in my example is 60 Minutes sent over uh, reporter Laura Logan or Lara Logan. She's a, a hot chick, female reporter who went over to cover the situation in Egypt. Well, next thing you know, some of these protesters get a hold of her. They throw her to the ground and they start gang raping her. 
Yes, a bunch of Egyptian protesters, these peaceful protesters, they get Lara Logan on the ground and they just start gang raping her. And it's not until a bunch of Egyptian women just throw themselves on top and and try and, and disperse this that it even ends. She manages to escape. She gets back to her hotel and then she is elbows and assholes out of that country. Now, uh, why a female reporter would go over there in the first place? I mean, these people, again, I just have to tell you this. It doesn't matter if you're in Libya, Egypt, uh, Morocco, Iran, Syria, Bahrain, any of these places. uh, These folks are animals. Keep in mind that these are people that live in the Stone Age, idealistically speaking. These are people that believe that women are third-class citizens. They are lower than animals, and you're going to try and go over there and reason with these people and just, I I know you're trying to do your job, and I, I totally admire that. And I admire your journalistic integrity and your your constant pursuit. You're wanting to do the story. Certainly very admirable. However, uh, it's just, it is disgusting. It is absolutely sick and disgusting to see these people um, treating uh, other human beings so terribly when they themselves are accusing their leader of treating human beings in such a disgusting manner. See, so this is what happens. The abusers or the abused become the abusers. And that's what's been going on in Egypt. Uh, And that's just exhibit A. Of course, you you could also see Anderson Cooper getting the crap kicked kicked out of him. Other journalists uh, being kidnapped. Some of them being punched, beaten, nearly killed. Um, This has been going on for some time. Uh, This is not just, it's not really about anti-American sentiment. It's not necessarily anti-journalist sentiment. It's just people being animals. That's what's happening. Again, you're dealing with a region of the world that has people that idealistically live 12, 15 centuries behind the rest of the world. And that's why I think the world should be a little bit concerned about all these revolutions. Now, hopefully you get uh, some decent folks in there to lead these countries. But somehow, somehow I'm not so optimistic about that. I'm not sure that the next guy that they put in there isn't 10 times worse than Hosni Mubarak. If this Muslim Brotherhood stuff, if, if half of what is said about the Muslim Brotherhood is true, you've got another Ahmadinejad on your hand. You have another potential Saddam Hussein. Actually, worse than Saddam Hussein because Saddam Hussein was not a radical Islamic fundamentalist. He was just a, he was actually um, sort of a nutty Christian guy, actually. Or uh, he, he was one of these guys, he saw himself as a modern day Nebuchadnezzar and he wanted to revive ancient Babylon. That was the story of Saddam Hussein. So you could get another guy like that up there. Or you could get another dictator who's good to his own people but wants to conquer every other nation around there or of course inevitably you'll get an anti-semite and that's the other thing these these people that are beating this lara logan and and raping her every moment they're screaming about the jews and death to the jews and these are the people that are protesting and could potentially take over the country more anti-semites great as if we don't have enough of that going on in the world so I would be very careful. And in Libya, it's it's especially bad. So uh, Muammar Gaddafi, who we couldn't get rid of uh, 25 years ago or 20 years ago, Muammar Gaddafi is still there. And now uh, he is actually, his own soldiers won't attack the people. In fact, his own military is sort of taking up the cause of the people. 
All right. So what he does is he's hiring sub-Saharan African uh, soldiers and, and people from the Sudan. He's hiring soldiers from outside to come in and uh, shoot at his own people. He's paying them $2,000 a day each. He's hiring all these people and sectarian violence is breaking out all over the place. That's the kind of crap that Gaddafi is up to. I told you, these people over there that are in charge right now are animals. But the problem is, is you have to be careful who you're going to get in there. Gaddafi's son, he's out there screaming about he wants to he wants to kill people. So that's uh, that's a little bit of what's going on in uh, in Libya. So, again, it's outrageous. It is. It is uh, it is just mind boggling the situation in uh, the Middle East right now. And I know everyone's saying, well, this is great and it's wonderful. I would uh, I would take it with a grain of salt. It's not entirely all bad. Um, it's always good when people have had enough and they decide to rise up. Uh, you just have to worry about what's around the corner. Yeah, you could get 100 Qaddafis. Meanwhile, I, I love how in Iran... Uh, Ahmadinejad says, oh, it's great that uh, Egypt is uh, is having these revolutions. I, I think it's wonderful. Meanwhile, in his own country, people are protesting. And uh, what they're doing is they're putting a stop to that right away. They're just opening fire on anybody that's, uh, you know, dropping tear gas bombs on them, uh, kidnapping them, arresting them, killing them, whatever they have to do to put an end to the protests in Iran. They're doing that. The reason that Ahmadinejad is so excited about the protests and the uprising in Egypt is because Hosni Mubarak again has been friendly or at least neutral toward Israel and he figures that anybody that gets in there is going to take over and uh, oppose all of Israel so that's why Ahmadinejad is excited he's like oh yes I think it is great take the Revolution there. Long as an anti-Semite gets in there, it's all going to be good. So that's sort of a recap of what's going on in the Middle East uh, as far as I see it in uh, Africa. Um, now, again, in Morocco, it's been a little bit more um, easygoing. It's been more peaceful. And that's I do want to emphasize that not every place has been violent and not every group of people over there are animals, uh, just most of them. Just the Egyptians, the Iranians... Uh, the Libyans, well, I don't know, even know so much about, I know that the leadership in Libya, they're animals. I don't know about everybody in Libya. Although we've heard those, the, some of the tribes over there, some of these factions that are in Libya, some of them are, are definitely animals. Meanwhile, we still have uh, Somali pirates running around. They kidnapped uh, some people. They kidnapped a, a group of people on a yacht, killed them when the United States tried to save them. It's it's really bizarre that in the 21st century, not only do we have all these uprisings and all of this civil unrest and, and this military unrest, but we still have pirates floating around in the sea in the 21st century. That somehow the United States Navy and the, and the naval uh, forces of other nations aren't able to just spot these Somali pirates' boats floating around out there in the middle of the ocean and just open fire and kill them. Or board their ship and capture them. How this happens still in the 21st century is beyond me. Although the other question is, who would take their yacht 
and sail it into troubled waters, whether it's uh, uh, near the coast of Somalia or it's uh, even, well, in the Indian Ocean. We know that Somali pirates were there at one point uh, a couple of years ago. There were plenty of stories of um, Somali pirate activity there. Why would you do that? Why would you take, just like I asked the question, why anybody would want to hike in the mountains of Iraq and head into Iran? Why, why would you do that? Why would you go over to Lebanon on a vacation? Why would you take your boat? Okay, you have a yacht. You're a rich person. You're rich enough to have a, a beautiful yacht. And you're like, you know what I'm going to do tonight? <laughs> I say, I say, it is quite sporting if I took my yacht and I sailed it into the Somali waters. I, uh, I suppose nothing bad could happen from that. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Naturally. I mean, who would do that? <laughs> who would take their ship? Who would take a yacht and sail it? I don't know. Somebody that obviously is bored with life. You must be extremely bored. You're like, you know what? Uh, life is not challenging enough. I have millions of dollars. I have the world by the balls. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to risk my life today. It's like people that go skydiving. You know what? I am really bored with life. Life is just, there's not enough happening for me. I'm going, unless I am actually risking my ass, uh, it's not exciting. So I'm going to jump out of a plane and hope that uh, a human being packed this uh, giant cloth so that I can uh, fall to the earth a little bit slower. I sure hope that everything is okay. I, I, I'm going to sail my ship into waters where people with uh, high-powered assault rifles uh, are floating around looking to rob rich guys like me. And I, I don't understand the human mindset. I can guarantee you I am never going to get captured by Somali pirates. You know why? Because I don't do boats. And I especially I don't do boats out in the middle <laughs> of troubled waters. I'd be scared to go off the coast of Florida for because of shark attacks, because um, I don't know. So let alone go over to Africa and, you know, you know what? I'm going to just sail around and. See what's happening in Somalia. I'm going to go into the Indian Ocean. I'm sure it'll be safe there. Like, who does that? Mike, you're not a risk taker. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm willing to take risks. I'll put money on a, on a sports game or on a craps table, on a roulette table, in a slot machine. That's a risk. It's a gamble. It's a monetary gamble. You're not going to lose your life. See, the thing is, you can always make more money. Uh, you can't make more lives unless you're a cat. All right, shifting gears just a little bit, but still proving that uh, this is more of the people in the Middle East and people uh, in some parts of the world, not just the Middle East, but people in some parts of the world are indeed still locked about 15 centuries behind the rest of the world. So here's a story. A Mumbai-bound flight was delayed by one and a half hours at the uh, Delhi airport Friday morning. First by fog and then by a passenger who did not want to travel on the plane. And you know why he didn't want to travel? Not because he had a premonition seeing that the plane would crash. Not because he had an illness, but rather because a woman was the pilot. Passengers on board had a curious story to tell as uh, to why Indigo Flight S uh, 6E-179 
supposed to depart at 8.10 a.m. could not take off until 9.40 a.m. Quote, first the flight was held up by a slight fog. Then, just when we were about to fly, the doors were opened again at around 9 a.m. as a middle-aged man seated a couple seats away from me objected to a woman piloting the plane. Co-passenger Partha Gua told the uh, IANS. Man. So a guy, I am not going to fly because there is a woman pilot. Yeah, there's been woman, female pilots for a hundred years, sir. Don't care. The guy said that he wasn't going to be on the plane because he felt that, let me see if I can find his quote here. Uh, the man first uh, started grumbling to co-passengers. Uh, he's saying, Mama Haikya, Gar Nahai Sambahada. I don't want to die. She can't take care of. This is this is what the passenger said. The guy who objected. He said, quote, she can't take care of uh, of the house. So how can she fly a plane? Uh, officers described the man as, quote, mentally unsound. Y- yeah, you think? Mentally unsound and again, living in a time warp. I tell you. People are uh, people are still savages in many parts of the world. I can't fly because there's a woman. But listen, I understand if you maybe object to a female being a sports talk show host. Okay, if you're one of those alpha male types and you go, I just you know the idea of a woman talking about sports is bad. Okay, that's one thing. I must admit, it's it's like there aren't very many funny female stand-up comedians. There aren't very many funny uh, or, or entertaining female sports talk show hosts. That's true. You know, we could have an honest-to-God to debate about that, but there are, are many accomplished female pilots, uh, many of them superior to male pilots, okay? Um, you know, it's not what, that, that's not necessarily just a male-dominated field. I can't, can't believe in the 21st century we're actually having these kinds of discussions again. <laughs> It's uh, it seems a little bit weird, more than a little bit weird. One fly, sorry, there's a female pilot. She, can, I love his quote. She can't even take care of her house. How can she fly a plane? That's unbelievable. How do you know, sir? How do you know that she couldn't take care of her house? We got to take a break. When we come back, uh, the most, I have maybe the two most outrageous stories. I've done on this show in years. You won't even believe this. Uh, one of them involves the government getting involved in the private medical affairs of a family. And no, it's not from the United States. And then the other involves the potential government involvement in medical private affairs that is from the United States. And it's so outrageous. It's so unbelievable that I'm actually, I'm actually ashamed. I'm actually ashamed of an entire state legislature. The the fact that they would, I'm ashamed of an entire state that they would even elect somebody that's this insane. And I am not being melodramatic at all. I've heard some pretty screwed up stories in my time on this show. We've done some pretty weird ones about uh, legislative bodies doing some very bizarre things, but this is by far the most egregious. 
All right, that's all coming up. Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. It is Mike at KMGX.com. That's also our PayPal address for your most generous monetary contributions to the program. AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name Michael Groff Show. Your messages are always encouraged 24 7, 365. We try to respond to all of them on air, off air, whatever, including the death threats. So you can always keep those coming to us. MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. You can post your comments over there. Follow us, subscribe so that you can get email updates when brand new shows are posted. Of course, our, our uh, RSS feed is up. Um, there's just so many ways to get connected to this program. It's just, it's actually just goddamn ridiculous at this point. All right, break time. We'll be back. It's the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. Over 10 years and still ranting. It's the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. MichaelGroff.com. Halfway gone. I'm halfway gone. The zip code famous Michael Graff Show. Saturday, February 26, 2011. Mike at KMGX.com, our email and PayPal address for your donations to the program. AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Graff Show, the screen name and everything else Michael Graff related at the one, the only Michael Graff.com. I've done this show for, this is 10 and a half years I have been doing this show. And every once in a while we get stories like this where I just, I, I've never heard anything quite like it. And uh, supposedly this has gone on in, in Georgia a few times. But this is a Georgia lawmaker that takes, takes things to the extreme. Representative Bobby Franklin of the Georgia House of Representatives. He wants, now this is this is the same guy. He proposed a, a bill uh, a few years ago uh, that said that rape victims should be called accusers. Now, 
Okay, I, even I've said on this program before that our rape shield laws in this country are a little bit ridiculous and that we do need a reformation in our, uh, in our laws against rape, all right? Because the problem with uh, rape is that it is, a, it is a horrible crime. It is actually the worst crime you can accuse somebody of. It is the worst crime that you can commit against somebody. It is worse than murder because in the case of murder, the person is dead. In the case of rape, the person is alive, but you have mentally, potentially, you have mentally screwed their life up forever. You have left them in a, in a life of misery. And quite frankly, if, you, if you've been accused of rape and you didn't do it, your life could be forever ruined as well. So it is a, it's a horrible crime all the way around. So sometimes I would agree that maybe some laws should need to be reformed, but this guy is just radical in, in how he wants to reform them. Okay, that's one thing. But this guy has now gone a step further in his... I, I, I can't call this anything else. I, I, I hate to characterize anybody this way, but I, I don't know if this guy... I don't know if he's angry at women... I don't know if he hates women. I don't know if he is against women's rights. If he's another one of these guys that should belong in the Middle East because he believes that women are are nothing more than uh, um, vassals for males if they're sperm dumpsters. I don't know what he believes. But based on this, it can't be very good. He wants women who have miscarriages to be investigated by sort of like miscarriage police or abortion police, basically. He wants every miscarriage that a female has to be investigated for possible wrongdoing, as if the woman may have induced her own miscarriage. She may have induced her own abortion. He wants these women investigated. And if you cannot prove that your miscarriage was natural, you could face felony charges. For example... Let me see if I have the examples here. If if the yes, if uh, if upon inspection it's uh, it deduced that chemicals, for example, herbs or other natural supplements were used that could have potentially um, uh, caused the miscarriage of the fetus, then uh, you could face felony charges. Or if somehow uh, anything else was done to cause a miscarriage, a woman could face felony charges. Every miscarriage would be investigated. We haven't done our tool of the week segment or this. This is tool of the year right here. This guy, by far, this is maybe one of the worst human beings on the planet. You're going to take a woman who is already suffering. You know, women that have miscarriages often blame themselves for their miscarriages. And they many times they uh, go into bouts of horrible depression because they feel that they did something wrong while they were pregnant to cause themselves to have a miscarriage. And they think about that for the rest of their lives. Do you understand that? These, these are women that are already suffering, and now you're going to bring in law enforcement to take a look at whether or not their, their miscarriage was natural, if it was right. Many women that are pregnant that have a miscarriage, many times they don't even know that they've miscarried. I mean, there's, there's many pregnancies that fail within the first couple of weeks or a few weeks of pregnancy before a woman is even aware that she's pregnant and all of a sudden she just has an extremely heavy flow as it were and other times it's it's a little bit more obvious 
She has to go to a doctor or even a hospital. And then she has a miscarriage there. And of course, again, the guilt and the hormones and the changes in a woman's body and her and her body chemistry. And now you're going to subject them to a law enforcement, to a to a um, a probing. Really? Spoiler alert: This guy is a Republican. There are many things idealistically. There there are many things that I um, identify with the Republicans. Okay, there are there are many things. Not only do I not identify with this, is just one of those things that makes you go, God, really, those people that say those horrible things about Republicans, those those people that get on the air and scream like maniacs, like Mike Malloy, and those people that just accuse Republicans of being evil, woman-hating, uh, brutalists, man, they're right. When you hear people that say that and you go, man, that's just outrageous talk, then you have a guy like Bob, this Bobby Franklin who comes along. This is, I don't even have the words, I can't even articulate myself properly with how disgusting a person I think this is. I wish we could get this guy on the phone and grill him about this. I don't know if he's just, if he's doing, and I, again, I don't think this this bill has, there's no chance, even other Republicans would have to say, you're nuts, you're insane. Even in the state of Georgia, these Republicans would have to go, man, okay, now, now you just get nuts, you just going over the line. And, and I mean, Democrats probably are just laughing. This is the kind of thing, I swear this country is becoming more and more galvanized, more polarized by the day. I'm even finding in my own personal life that, at least politically speaking, I'm having more extreme sort of thoughts on both the left and the right. Like, for example, I am much more fervent in my uh, support of legalization of marijuana and and uh, getting the government out of people and on the other hand getting the government out of people's personal lives whether it's their sex lives it's their medical uh history or their medical lives um just like i i, I i'm more fervent on on tax reformation and um i swear though on some ways, in some ways, I'm definitely swinging further to the left just because of outrageous people like this. It's unreal. Wants to investigate women that have miscarriages. In his scenario, what if a woman actually does do something wrong in her pregnancy? Now, she doesn't know that it's wrong, okay? But, um, for example, you can take... If you take excessive amounts of vitamin C in the first uh, few weeks of pregnancy, um, you know, and you combine it with a few other things, you know, sometimes that can cause um, a miscarriage. What if they find they they do like a they they go through they do like a blood test or something, and they find that this woman has excessive amounts of vitamin C. And they go, see, uh, you, we think that maybe you tried to induce induce your miscarriage. We're hauling you off to jail because you took excessive amounts of vitamin C. So that's just, um, that's just horrible. This is horrible. I mean, really, what if a woman actually does make a mistake during her pregnancy? Or, you know, um, for, for years, they always said that uh, if you take uh, excessively hot baths or, you know, there's all sorts of literature. If you read about it, about uh, miscarriages and pregnancy and things like that, um, yeah, uh, there's all uh, some of them are, are old wives tales. Some of them are urban legends. Some of them are true. But let's say you actually make a bona fide mistake. Are you going to get hauled off to jail because of it? Uh, is this guy insane or what? And what if you don't make a mistake and yet somehow you still have a miscarriage? 
Oh my God. I mean, the implications of this are far reaching. And I know people are going to say, well, Mike, this has absolutely no chance of going anywhere whatsoever. It's not even worth talking about. Don't even give this guy any attention. That's just what he's looking for. Uh, Look, the problem is insanity has to start from something. It's a, a fire starts from a spark. And this is a spark. And who knows? There could be another. Let's just say there's even one other Republican in this in the Georgia House of Representatives that goes, well, I think that this guy, he, he done got he got some point. I tell you what, boy, he done got some point. I mean, these 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 women folk. I mean, who's to say they could cause their own abortion? You know, abortion is against God's will. Hey. Huh. Get the abortion police in there, the miscarriage police. We're gonna go in there and make sure that them women did not take through excessive vitamin C or any ginseng or any kind of herbs and spices or nothing else to cause themselves to have some kind of a miscarriage. We're gonna go in there with guns blazing. We're gonna take that fetus. We're gonna investigate that miscarriage. We're gonna go inside a woman's toilet if we have to make sure that they didn't get no pregnancy, no abortion, no no miscarriage, no nothing going on because God forbid that somebody have a miscarriage. And if they did, we gonna throw them in the hoose cow. Yeah! I mean, really? Holy crap. I can't even begin to understand where people would have those conceptions, those stereotypes about Republicans. Where would that come from? We're going to have to make sure that them women do not have no uh, artificial miscarriage, if you know what I'm talking about. Can you imagine the interrogation? Ma'am, what have you been drinking the last few days? Ma'am, why don't you step over here for a moment? Let me let me just put my uh, let me put my fingers in your hoo. Let me investigate. Let me uh, let me do some insertion into some body cavities and make sure. Have you been taking proper care of yourself? Have you been smoking, ma'am? Did you have any alcohol? What's next? What an animal. All right. That story is outrageous. And it's horrible. And it's one of the most disgusting things I've heard in my entire life. Way to go. Thanks for trouncing on women's rights. Once again, Georgia Republican Bobby Franklin. Just so you know, by the way, I I should just throw this out there as a brief FYI, just a little 411 for you. You do understand that at least at this time, abortion is legal in this country. So let's just say that this woman wanted to have, like some woman wanted to have an abortion and she goes and she has an abortion. She's not going to be prosecuted. Yet, if she does something, even if she doesn't do anything, if she just has a miscarriage naturally, she could potentially get thrown in jail. In the backwards mind of Republican Bobby Franklin in the state of Georgia. Wow. Miscarriage, now a crime in the state of Georgia. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Republican. I'm not going to brandish all Republicans like this. This is what separates me from other talk show hosts. I don't blame the entire Republican Party because of one wingnut. But boy, oh boy, what a wingnut. All right, so as outrageous and outlandish as that story is, it is followed up by another 
story, uh, this one about government intervention. And look, it comes from Canada. You know, the country that everybody wants us to follow for our health care system. Ooh, we should get on the Canadian health care system because theirs is pure and wonderful. And they don't have death panels in Canada. That's a made-up thing, death panels. The government doesn't tell you when you can live and die. Oh, wait. Yes, it does. So there's a couple. Um, there is a couple in Canada. This is from Windsor. The baby is named Joseph Marakli, and the mother and father of this. Now, the baby has a neurological disease that is terminal. It's a, uh, it's not even, I don't think this kid is even one year, one, uh, no, I don't think he's even one yet. But anyway, this neurological disease has basically made him in a continuous vegetative state. So pretty much unaware of the surroundings, probably incapable of feeling pain, basically alive via life support at this point. This neurological syndrome degenerates the brain very, very rapidly and makes the kid ostensibly just like Terry Schiavo, basically. I mean, that was, that was the first thing I thought of when I heard this story. So in Canada, the doctors want to remove the feeding tube and the, the breathing apparatus from this baby and let him die. But the parents are against it. The parents want to bring the kid home and have the baby around its family and amongst loved ones so it can die at home. So really, the debate is whether is over where the child is allowed to die. And do the parents have a right to control when and where the child is allowed to die? And the Canadian government says no. So the two parents decided that they're going to have a legal battle because the doctors wanted to disconnect the breathing tube and the feeding tube. And so the parents, they, they sue. They, they, so this, this case goes to court and the judge, the magistrate says, no dice. Sorry, government wins. Doctors get to disconnect it. You can't bring your child home to your family. It has to stay here. It is remanded in our custody. With all of their avenues exhausted, the family will have to say goodbye to Joseph Monday morning on family day. His breathing tube will be removed. Quote, I do my best for my baby. My son is not a criminal to just let him die. That's more. That's Mo Morakli, the baby's father. They are taking my baby away from me. Where is the humanity? He said he didn't know how to break the news to his wife, Sana Nader who was too upset to sit through the day's court proceedings or to explain to their seven-year-old son, Ali, what's going to happen to his little brother. Marakli and Nader uh, fought to bring Joseph home to Windsor so that he could spend his last hours surrounded by loved ones. Joseph suffers, as I mentioned, from a severe deteriorating neurological condition that has left him in a persistent vegetative state, according to London specialists who've examined him. He's been in the Victoria Hospital, part of the London Health Sciences Center, since October. Nine years ago, this same couple, Marakli and Nader, they had a daughter who suffered from health complications nearly identical to Joseph's. You know, in Georgia, those people would be uh, probably investigated for doing something wrong during the pregnancy, I bet. If Bobby Franklin got in there, I'm surprised he hasn't sent an emissary up to Canada to investigate. Hi! 
I say we shoulda, we oughta investigate them two to make sure that they didn't do nothing wrong during that there pregnancy. That pregnancy, we got to make sure that there was nothing wrong. I'll tell you what, boy, cause if there were, we gotta throw these two in jail. Lock them up in the whole sky, we gonna throw away the key. Cause these criminals, cause their baby has some sort of neurological problem. It means his brain is all screwed up. <laughs> According to my book learning, anyways. Me <laughs> Oh, my God. It's outrageous. The government says, I'm sorry, we're taking your child. Although the couple has accepted their baby boy's inevitable death, they insisted that it occur peacefully at home and not by removing his breathing tube, which will cause him to choke since he can't swallow or breathe on his own. The parents asked for a tracheotomy, which would open up a direct airway through the incision in Joseph's trachea and make it uh, possible to bring the baby home. But doctors refused to perform this uh, procedure, citing serious risks of infection, pneumonia, and other possible complications. Well, if the kid is terminal, who cares if it gets pneumonia or infection? That's like how when we have people on death row, how they how they do a cotton swab before they do a lethal injection. They, they put rubbing alcohol. <laughs> They're going to do the lethal injection. <laughs> Well, patient's health always comes first. Miraclea Nader went before the the consent and uh, capacity board of Ontario, an independent body that deals with matters under the Health Care Consent Act, which uh, sided with the doctors in late January and agreed that it was in Joseph's best interest to have the breathing tube removed. Death panel. That's what that is. In appealing that decision, the couple's London lawyer, Jeff Snow, argued uh, Thursday that the consent and capacity board's decision was unreasonable because the board did not observe Joseph in the critical care until, um, until uh, let's see, uh, until later, uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 the, oh, the lead doctor's determination that the baby was in a vegetative state was based on loose criteria. Well, look, I mean, if the kid's in a vegetative state, it's in a vegetative state, but the parents should still, they're the, they're the guardians, they're the legal guardians of the baby. But in Canada, you have parental guardians, and then you have something that I didn't even know about this. You have something called a public guardian, I guess, which is ostensibly the government, which says, well... It's it's I we think it's in the baby's best interest just to have him choke to death here in the hospital. Kill him that way. Far more humane. This couple is devastated. This is exactly this is what's happening in um, Canada right now. Ontario. I, it's hard to believe. This is the same healthcare system that everybody wants to get. That, oh, this is the one that we're we're looking after. This is the healthcare system that we're going to model our own after. The, that single payer system, and there aren't any death panels. There's nobody that's going to step in and say, well, it's in your best interest that we do this. Uh, I don't care what you think. We don't care what your family thinks. It all matters what we think and what is what uh, allocates the best medical resources. That's all that matters to us. Hey, I'm not saying that our healthcare system is worth a crap here in the United States, but I'll tell you this. 
this idea that some that the government comes along and tells you what can happen. Remember in the Terry Schiavo case, President Bush wanted to step in, Congress wanted to step in, everybody wanted to get involved. And unfortunately, even though it made us all sick to our stomach, you know who had the, the legal right to decide uh, who lives and dies in that case? The husband. The husband, who was a jackass, by the way. But whether you're a jackass or not, there's there's legal rights. There's there's who has the ultimate say. Just like I, uh, if I were to get sick, okay, and at this time I'm not married, so until such time where I become married, uh, my mother or father would have the ultimate say in what is to happen. And guess what? My father's dead, so that would be my mother. Unless I specifically give power of attorney or power, not power of attorney, but um, I, I just, uh, I totally, I, well, anyway, unless I give the, uh, the legal right to somebody else and I sign in a document and I have it notarized and blah, 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 unless I have that and unless I have very specific instructions and in, say a will, for example, a living will. I am, uh, you know, I, I, it would go to the closest family relative. If my mother wasn't around, it would be my brother. Not around, my grandmother. I don't know the exact order of the hierarchy, but I would assume that that's sort of how it works. If I'm married, then it goes to my spouse. Girlfriend doesn't count. Best friend doesn't count. You know, it matters. Family is first. Spouse, then parent, Probably son. Anyway, whatever. The point is, is that this is uh, this is the the screwed up system of Canada. They wanted to bring the child to the United States, by the way, to have the tracheotomy done, but that was a no go. Uh, the uh, Detroit area hospital declined. They said no. Probably they didn't want to risk some kind of international incident. They didn't want to have the bad PR. They didn't want to have a whole situation going on for themselves either. Probably smart on their part. All right. Still, I have a million things to get into here. I have to play this prank call. We have to get to this when, when we get back after the break. All right. We'll get to this. This is a story. Of, I mean, it's. I didn't even know how to characterize this. So the governor of the state of Wisconsin is a, a guy by the name of Scott Walker. He was uh, elected in November. He's a Tea Party candidate. And uh, one of his primary backers, and this is, uh, this is great, on Liberal Talking Point Radio, you hear all the time how they talk about the Koch brothers. Um, and one of them is a fellow by the name of David Koch. I guess they're, they fund or they're, they're big in funding these, uh, tea party movements, them along with Dick army. That'd be a cool name to have, by the way, Dick army. Uh, uh Hey, Bavis. So, so I guess they're, they're big contributors and, and I guess they were big contributors also to the supposedly, I, I don't. I don't have it in front of me, but I would guess that they were big contributors to the Scott Walker campaign. So a guy pretending to be David Koch calls the governor of the state of Wisconsin. And you have to hear this. You have to hear how stupid Scott Walker, Wisconsin governor, really is. We'll play that coming up. 
I couldn't. I honestly, I can't believe it either. I uh, I was a little bit shocked myself. Maybe I shouldn't be. I think all elected officials are just. I think they're all pretty dumb. I'm starting to have that that sort of conclusion. Mike at KMGX.com. That is our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name over there. If you're interested in participation, is Michael Groff Show. MichaelGroff.com for everything else that's Michael Groff related. We'll be back. More coming up. segment the zip code famous michael grav show on a saturday believe it or not uh, february 26 2011 mike at kmgx.com the email address it's mike at kmgx.com aol instant messenger michael grav show the screen name michaelgrav.com for everything else michael grav related also uh paypal uh we're there as well. And you can follow us on Twitter. Yeah, I tweet and stuff. That's Actually, you can even see the Twitter feed right there on michaelgraff.com. In terms of all-time blunders, all-time screw-ups by an elected official, I always thought that the one-time governor of the state of Arizona, Evan Meekum, had the foot-and-mouth syndrome perfectly down pat and that nobody would ever be able to pass him. No governor, no president, no, not a single elected official ever would be as incompetent, as stupid, as insane as that. 
Then walks in good old Scott Walker, Tea Party candidate, the state of Wisconsin. How I wonder what his approval rating looks like right about now. I would love to get a hold of those numbers. Maybe I'll look that up in just a second. I haven't seen any statistics on his approval rating, but it's got to be really low at this point. So once again, here's the setup. Scott Walker is the governor of the state of Wisconsin. Wisconsin is embroiled in controversy over teachers unions versus a reforming of the budget and a changing of the collective bargaining agreement that the unions have. Ostensibly, the change in the collective bargaining agreement would change, uh, it would sort of put the clamp down on unions in the state of Wisconsin. Um, it's a very complicated mess. We've already talked about it on the show. I, I really don't feel like getting into that much of it right at this moment, but people are protesting. It is a major, major bit of upheaval. Some argue that the governor is just trying to balance the budget and that uh, the collective bargaining agreement does need to be changed. Others are saying that this is the end of democracy as we know it. And some in the middle are saying, well, this could certainly um, put a hamper on uh, unions and uh, labor issues. And uh, it could it could really be uh, a terrible thing long term, especially for teachers. In any event, one of the major contributors to Scott Walker's campaign and the Tea Party movement in general is this guy named David Koch. He's part of the, these two guys, the Koch brothers. Not Coke as in Coca-Cola, but Coke. I think it's spelled, is it C-O-C-H or K-O-C-H? Something like that. Anyway, uh, so this is a guy that uh, purports to be David Koch. He is just some blogger who manages to call on the public line and he gets through to Governor Scott Walker. You could not script this any better. You would think that uh, the governor would immediately go, oh, you're not David Koch. Uh, you're not David Koch. You're an impersonator. But what, what this prank caller gets the governor to say is beyond unbelievable. So here it is. Here is the call. Well, I'm not going to play. It's like the whole thing is uh, is about 20 minutes. I don't think we should play the whole thing, but I, I will play some of it just because it's ridiculous. This guy, this guy's whoever did this. I mean, it's brilliant in a sense. What a great idea. I'm going to I'm going to try and get through to the governor. What's the worst thing that happens? He realizes I'm a fake and he hangs up on me. But everything else is win win. If I get him to say anything remotely controversial, I don't think this guy had any idea what he was going to get when he did this. This is a million dollar piece of tape right here. Here it is. It's classic. <laughs> Hi, this is Scott Walker. Scott, David Koch. How are hey, you? Hey, David. I'm good. And yourself? I'm very well. I'm a little disheartened by the situation there, but uh, what's the latest? Uh, we're actually hanging pretty tough. You know, this, uh, amazingly, there's a much smaller group of protesters, almost all of whom are in from other states today. Um, the state assembly is taking the bill up, getting it all the way to the, the, the last point it can be at where it's unamendable. Uh, but but they're waiting to pass it to the Senate. But they're, the Senate Demo or excuse me, the assembly Democrats uh, have about 100 amendments they're going through. The state Senate still has the 14 members missing, but what they're doing today is bringing up all sorts of other non-fiscal items, many of which are things that the members on the Democratic side care about. And each day we're going to ratchet it up a little bit. The Senate Majority Leader had a great plan. He, he told him out this morning 
he told the Senate Democrats about, and he's going to announce it later today, and that is the Senate Organization Committee is going to meet um, and pass a rule that says if you don't show up uh, for two consecutive days on a session day in the state Senate, the uh, the uh, Senate chief clerk, it's a little procedural thing here, but... Now again, this isn't even the juicy stuff yet. This is just him explaining what's happening and that uh, what what is being proposed and how they want to, you know, get this bill sort of rammed through so that, uh, you know, to, to crush the labor unions ostensibly. And so this Scott Walker, he's totally buying into it. He's shown his hand. Bastards, are you? Uh, I, there's one guy that's actually voted with me on a bunch of things I called on Saturday for about 45 minutes, uh, mainly to tell him that while I appreciated his friendship and he worked with us on other things, tell him why I wasn't going to budge. Mainly because I thought right. he's, he's about the only reasonable one over there. And I figured if I talk... Well, this guy is totally tipping his hand. He's like, oh, these Democrat bastards, this guy purporting to be David Koch, he's, uh, Koch rather. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, these bastards, God damn it. And he's like, I mean... Scott Walker, if he had any moniker of intelligence, would know that this is totally a fake. To him, he'd go back to the rest of the gang and say, you know, I've known Walker for 20 years. He's not budging. Now, what's his name again? Uh, his name is Tim Cullen. All right. He, I'll have he, to give that man a call. Well, actually, in, in his case, I wouldn't call him, and I'll tell you why. He's pretty reasonable, but he's not, a, he's not one of us. Um, uh. So I, I, I would let him be. I think he is in a position <laughs> where he can maybe what a dummy caucus, but he's not a, he's not an ally. He's just a, he's just a guy. He was in the Senate years ago. He was actually the Senate Democrat leader um, back in the eighties. And Tommy Thompson hired him to be the head of Health and Human Services. He went into the private sector, made real money, and uh, uh, came a little more open-minded. And uh, last fall, he got elected to the Senate seat he was in 25 years ago. And he's kind of one of these guys who he really doesn't care. He's not there for political reasons. He's just trying to get something done. So he's good to reach out to for me, but he's not a, he's not a conservative. He's just a pragmatist. Now, who, who can we get to budge on this uh, collective bargaining? Well, I think in the end, a uh, couple of things are, one, if the... Um, if I like the, uh, I like how he puts on he even puts on just like a voice like hey now how could we do this right we're looking at next we'll probably announce in the next day or two we've been working with our Republican leaders in the legislature is uh, we may we're still waiting on an opinion to see if if the unions have been paying to put these guys up out of state uh, we think there's at a minimum an ethics code violation if not an outright felony well they they're uh, probably putting hobos in suits yeah. That's what we do sometimes. <laughs> well, the, the, I mean paying for the senators to be put up. Uh, oh. I know they're paying for these guys to be in. No, you can, I mean, people can pay protesters to come in. I mean, that's not an ethics book. But, I mean, literally, if the unions are paying the 14 senators, if they're paying for their food, their lodging, anything like that, uh, we believe at a minimum it's an ethics code violation, and it may very well be a felony misconduct in office because, see, technically, it, it's not just a political contribution. It is if they're being paid to keep them from doing their job, we think that's an, uh, um, I mean, there's legally an obstruction, not of justice, but a, an obstruction of their ability to do their job. And uh, we still got the Attorney General's office is looking into it for us. 
So we're trying about four or five different angles. During each day, we crank up a little bit more pressure. But the other thing is I've got layoff notices ready. Uh, we put out the at-risk notices. We'll announce Thursday. Uh, they'll go out early next week, and we'll probably get five to 6,000 state workers will get at-risk notices for layoffs. We might ratchet that up a little bit, too. Beautiful, beautiful. Got to crush that union. Well, it's one of those where in the end, you know, the, the, the uh, and I've had not only Colin, I talked to myself, I had three or four of my other uh, business leader friends who know him over the years and, and just kind of pass the message on to these guys. If, if they think I'm caving, they've been asleep for the last eight years because... See, this, what he's saying here, this is, that's the money part of the clip right there is where he says, oh, I'm going to send out layoff notices. Basically, what, what they're doing is the state, this is the governor says that they're going to fire these teachers that are participating in these protests. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to fire them, lay them off. I'm sorry, but being laid off is being fired. Uh, I've had this debate with a bunch of people before, but... They're going to fire these teachers that are participating in these protests. And uh, that, that's exactly what Scott Walker saying. He said, we're going we're gonna to send out the paperwork. We're going to get the ball moving. He gets this guy pretending to be David Koch gets Scott Walker to confess to all kinds of stuff. And he just keeps talking. Unbelievable. I've taken on every major battle in Milwaukee County in one, even in a county where I'm overwhelmingly overpowered politically, and because we don't budge. If you're God doing the right, right thing, you stay, you stay firm. And in this case, you know, we say we'll, we'll wait it out. If they want to start sacrificing thousands... And, and this guy on the phone pretending to be David Koch, he's like, God damn right. He's, he's making it so obvious that he's not David Koch, but Scott Walker is a moron. This has got to be the dumbest guy that's ever been elected to office. I mean, everybody dumps on President Bush and everything. President Bush would never fall for something like this. There's no way. The public workers will be laid off. You know, what's weird is Scott Walker is, is you, can, you can hear him. He's articulate. He's putting together sentences uh, perfectly fine. He doesn't sound drunk or high. He doesn't sound the, the, the least bit incapacitated mentally whatsoever. And yet, here he is going... I've got David Koch on the phone. He called on the public number. That's the other thing. This isn't a guy that called Scott Walker's cell phone directly. He called the public line and waited on hold for like two hours and then got a hold of Scott Walker. Why would David Koch call the public? I mean, the whole thing is just so insane. Sooner or later, there's going to be pressure on these senators to come back. We're not Beautiful. compromising. We're not going to. The, the other thing we may do, because the senator I mentioned thinks that these guys, you got a few of the radical ones who, unfortunately, one of them is a, major, a minority leader, but most of the rest of them are just looking for a way to get out of this. You know, they're scared out of their mind. They don't know what it means. There's a bunch of recalls up against them. They'd really like to just get up back here and get it over with. And uh, so the the paycheck thing, some of the other things threatens threatens them. Um, I think collectively there's there's enough going on as long as they don't think I'm going to cave, which, again, we have no interest in. An interesting idea that was brought up to me this morning by my chief of staff, if we won't do it till tomorrow, is putting out an appeal to the uh, the Democrat leader that 
I would be willing to sit down and talk to him, the Assembly Democrat leader, plus the other two Republican leaders, talk, not negotiate, and listen to what they have to say, if they will in turn, although I'll only do it if all 14 of them come back and sit down in the state assembly. They can, they can recess it to come back over and talk to me, but they'll have to go back there. The reason for that is we're verifying it this afternoon, but legally we believe once they've gone into session, they don't physically have to be there. If they're actually in session for that day and they take a recess. So in other words, what he wants to do is, and this is, so he wants to bring the senators. He wants to bring the state senators who are protesting. They don't want this bill to get pushed through. So these state senators left the assembly. These state senators, they said, we're leaving. We don't, these Democrats, we don't want to be a part of this. And so legally, you can't have a state assembly unless a certain amount of members are present. So he said, we're going to try and get these guys to sit down in the, in the assembly house. We're going to get them to sit in the Capitol for, for at least a few minutes just so we can call the assembly to order. And then we're going to, we're going to just you know sneak through and then we're going to vote. Even if they try and get up and leave, we're going to vote on this bill and we're going to get it pushed through. He gets them to confess to, to doing something that is, if not illegal, it is really, really underhanded. Un. Believable. The, the, uh, the 19 Senate Republicans could then go into action and they'd have a quorum because they started out that way. Um, so we're double checking that. But that would be the only, if you heard that I was going to talk to them, that would be the only reason why is we would only do it if they came back to the Capitol with all four. The only reason I'll talk to them is so I can trick them. Well, I'll, I'll talk. If they want to yell at me for an hour, you know, I, I'm used to that. I can deal with that, but I'm not negotiating. Bring a, put a baseball bat. That's what I do. <laughs> I have one in my office. You'll be happy with that. <laughs> I got a slugger <laughs> with my name on it. Beautiful. But in the end, this is, and, and this is, it, it, and I even pointed out last night because I'm trying to keep out the as many of the private unions as possible. Said so this is about the budget. This is about public sector unions. Hell, even FDR got it. Um, there's no place uh, for the kind of, uh, I mean, you essentially are having taxpayers' money be used to pay to lobby for spending more of taxpayers' money. It's absolutely ridiculous. Beautiful. So it's, uh, this is ground zero. There's no doubt about it, but... Uh, he just gets him I to keep talking. Us, he hardly has to I say a word. My, I call any... I, Scott I Walker's a wind-up toy. Every night. Give me a list of people I need to call at home, shore them up. Um, the New York Times, of all things, I don't normally tell people to read the New York Times, but the front page of the New York Times has got a great story. One of these unbelievable moments of true journalism, what is supposed to be objective journalism, they got out of the Capitol and went down um, one county south from the Capitol to Janesville, the Rock County. That's where the General Motors plant once was. Right, right. They, they moved out two years ago. The lead on this story is about a guy who was laid off two years ago. Uh, he's been laid off twice by a GM who points out that uh, everybody else in his town has had to sacrifice except for all these public employees. And it's about damn time they do it. He supports me. Um, and, and they had a bartender. They had, I mean, every stereotypical blue-collar worker uh, type they interviewed I don't know how into it most of you are, but I'm just, I'm fascinated by the fact that a guy, just some random blogger out there on the internet, 
gets a hold of the governor of the state and just prank calls him. I, I'm fascinated by this. I don't know if you are. I am. I'm totally... I, I just, I can't believe it. The lawmakers I worry about each day and said, every one of you should get that story printed out and send it to anybody giving you grief. Goddamn right. We, uh, we sent uh, Andrew Breitbart down there. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. He's our man, well, you know. Well, it has been amazing to me, uh, the, the massive <laughs> amount of attention I... <laughs> I, he just has to throw him a nugget that that he knows to be true, and and Scott Walker takes the ball and runs with it. State TV stations are picking up, and I guess a bunch of the national ones are too. And uh, in the last couple of days, uh, when I do the TV shows, I've been going after Obama because he stuck it. Although he's backed off now, but he stuck his nose in here. And I said, you know, they asked me what I thought of. It. I said, last time I checked, this guy's got a much bigger budget deficit than we do. Maybe you should worry about that. <laughs> and not stick his nose in Wisconsin's business. But, you know, we've had, uh, in all the national shows, we were on Hannity last night. I did Good Morning America and the Today Show. And so at one point, here, let me see if I can fast forward to. I think uh, at one point, this guy purporting to be David well, Koch. good, here. good. It's good catching up with you. Yeah, well, thanks. This is an exciting time. This is, you know, I, I told my cabinet, I had a dinner the uh, Sunday, or excuse me, Monday right after the sixth. Political Let me see if I can find where. Scott, once you crush these bastards, here we go. This is this is really this is the funny part. And again, this just just tip him that it's totally phony. I had a cabinet here we go. Morning, I reminded him that I said, for those who thought I was being melodramatic, you now know it was purely putting it in the right context. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, Scott. Once you crush these bastards, I'll fly out to Cali and really show you a good time. All right. That would be outstanding. Cali. Thanks right. Thanks for all the support and, and helping us move the cause forward, and we appreciate it. We're, uh, we're doing it the, the just and right thing for the right reasons, and it's all about getting our freedoms back. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, we have a little bit of vested interest as well. <laughs> Well, that's just it. The bottom line is we're gonna we're gonna get to the the, the world moving here because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> All right, uh, then. thanks a million. Bye bye. Bye now. Unbelievable. So, uh, what wound up happening as a result of this uh, is that Scott Walker looks like an, a complete idiot. People uh, at one point in the clip, and I didn't play this part. I should probably I should have just played the whole thing. At one point in the call. Um, the guy pretending to be David Koch asks Scott Walker, well, uh, you know, we could put, uh, some rabble rousers in these, uh, crowds if you want. And Scott Walker says, well, we thought about doing that, but we, I don't know. We didn't really want to risk uh, a whole public thing, but we, we did think about doing that. So now public officials want to investigate if Scott Walker was, uh, if maybe he wanted to engage in, in public safety violations. And uh, they want to look at, they want to have like an ethics investigation and they want to, you know, try, people want to try and have impeachment proceedings against Scott Walker because of this call. And, and unfortunately, well, or, or however you want to look at it, Scott Walker didn't say anything completely illegal here aside from some very, very unethical sort of stuff. Some underhanded things that border on illegal. But as far as I could tell, he didn't say anything 
illegal in here or anything that could be potentially libelous or anything that could be potentially um, uh, slander rather or anything that could be potentially um, endangering the public welfare or any of that sort of thing. Just really sort of an underhanded guy and and world class dumbass. That's what this Scott Walker is and that's what this represents in this incredibly outrageous clip. The guy that made that call, I have to tell you, he hardly had to say a thing. It was brilliant, though. I mean, it really was. This guy probably just thought, you know, I'll see if I can get through. I'm going to try and get on. I'll try and see if I can get him to say anything interesting. Or if not, uh, you know, if he sees right through me, oh, well, I've got I've got a funny piece of tape. I've got the governor yelling at me saying, you're not David Koch. But instead, he has a 20-minute phone call with him where he lays all of his cards on the table and he shows just how sneaky and underhanded he really is. One of the greatest... I mean, that has got to be one of the greatest uh, prank phone calls ever. We we play prank phone calls on this show sometimes. I've, you know, in years past, I had my own uh, couple or a few of them with solicitors over the years. We played those, uh, we played those other ones. <laughs> but this is, this is the best. There's no fake setup here, really. This is just a guy pretending to be David Koch, and then the, the, the governor of the state of Wisconsin runs with it. Let's see what else we have here from the Michael Graff show. Stupid news files. If that's not stupid enough, this is just switching gears in a totally different direction. So it is apparently this is uh, one of those stupid laws that you should know. It is illegal to deliver the Gettysburg address on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial without permission from the U.S. National Park Service. So earlier this week was President's Day. And standing where the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his I Have a Dream speech, Philip Howell, 25, recited Lincoln's famous Gettysburg Address and was quickly stopped by a park police officer. He said that Howell, uh, he told Howell that he could not give speeches on the steps of the memorial without a permit. Quote, he called me Abe, and then I turned around and he said, do you have a permit? I said, no. And he said, well, you can't do that here then. Howell told the Daily, uh, the, the Daily Caller, the newspaper in the area, he said, then I said, I'm just giving the Gettysburg Address. Come on, it's President's Day. And reportedly, the park official said, I don't care what you're giving. You're not allowed to do that here. I don't care what speech or what agenda you want to give. Wow. Confused as to why exactly it's actually illegal to read the words carved into the memorial's wall in a loud voice, but not uh, wanting to cause any trouble, the six-foot-four Howell, who sports a thick beard and looks pretty much like Abraham Lincoln, wearing a suit and with a top hat, delivered the rest of the speech at the base of the memorial to a cheering crowd. But his troubles didn't end there. Some friends suggested that Howell uh, could make some money off of his talent, so they passed around a basket with tourists dropping a few dollars. That's when the officer walked down the steps and asked the duo if he had a license for street vending. I could arrest, 
Uh, I could arrest you, Howell uh, said the officer told him. They told the officer they didn't know it was illegal and would be on their way. The officer refused, detained them at the base of the memorial, and wrote Howell and his friend uh, holding the basket a $100 ticket. Quote, we tried to be real clear that we weren't trying to cause any trouble, Howell said. He was pretty persistent that he was going to give us a fine. Under the legal code, the steps of the Lincoln Memorial are considered a restricted area to any kind of demonstrative activity. Demonstrators can, however, apply for a permit to use the platform area further down the stairs and a vending license to sell goods or entertainment. A spokesman from the park police said that the park service uh, retains the permit policy to ensure that groups have the facilities and space available to hold events. That includes demonstrations by one person, and the agency applies uh, the code equally for everyone. Quote, it's not meant to be restrictive, said park police spokesperson David Schlosser. This process is to allow the National Park Service to further its mission in protecting the natural and cultural resources it is charged with administering. Quote, whatever your message is, if it's here, it's a restricted area and we're going to let you know and ask you to move down to the bottom of the stairs, he said. Then you can yell away, have at it. So a guy actually gets a fine for delivering the Gettysburg Address. And then even when he uh, 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 adheres to this ridiculous code, he goes down the stairs, he finishes the address down there, people willingly give him some money, and then an officer gives him a fine. You know what this is? I'll tell you exactly what's going on here. This is a guy that works for the National Park Service. Okay? He's not good enough to be a real cop. He's probably a big, fat guy not agile enough, not good enough, not uh, he doesn't have the the dexterity or the strength or anything to to be a police officer. He doesn't have what it takes to be uh, in the military, in the police, even a uh, he's he can't be in the National Guard. He can't even probably can't even be one of the like volunteer like the Minutemen. But he can be part of the the park services. He's the guy that waves you through at the gate and says hello and, you know, says goodbye to you when you leave. And he's wearing that fancy park services suit. He thinks himself as a as a as a real police officer. So he gets a, he has a little tiny bit of power. And so with that little tiny bit of power, he makes sure that he knows absolutely everything there is to know about the code of the National Park Service. And then he says... I'm going to wait. I'm going to lie and wait, man. One day, there's going to be a guy that comes here and he tries to read that Gettysburg address on these steps. And when he does, bam, I got him. So then this guy comes along. This guy, uh, Howell, comes along and he reads the Gettysburg. And he's like, this is the moment I've been waiting for. Sir, do you have a permit to do that? Well, no, I'm just reading the Gettysburg address. I mean, it's carved into the wall. Well, you can't, sir. This is a restricted area. I bet he's all proud of himself. He probably thought about the way he was going to deliver that news to a, to a guy that was reading the address. He, probably, he was probably like, hmm, should I, should I go with the snide, snarky cop attitude? Should I go with the 
over-the-top, melodramatic defender of the law attitude? Should I just be real casual about it? Should I go with the sarcastic asshole approach? Which approach should I take to make sure that a guy doesn't read the Gettysburg Address at the Lincoln Memorial? I'm going to go with the snarky attitude. Well, you can't do that here. Meanwhile, most anybody else is just probably there. They're probably with the park services because they just want to help out and they just want to do, you know, they're just looking for a job. It's just a gig. This guy takes it super seriously. And I know somebody in the audience is probably going to say, well, you know, Mike, you're a big defender of the law. You're a proponent of, the, of law and of order. And you can't just choose which laws to enforce. Come on. It's a guy reading the Gettysburg Address that's already written right there on top of the memorial a guy that looks like Abe Lincoln. He's he's just having fun. He's not causing a public disturbance. People are enjoying it. A crowd cheered for him. But this guy was like, no, I'm not going to let this guy have all the attention. I'm going to be the star of the show today. I'm a park services ranger. I defend the national parks. What an asshole. Okay, so we have our two biggest tools of the year. We have we have the guy uh, from from um, Georgia, <laughs> the legislator that wants to make uh, that wants to investigate women that have miscarriages, and then we have over the top uh, uh, over the top Park Service Ranger guy that wants to enforce the No Gettysburg Address edict. At the Lincoln Memorial. The two biggest assholes of the day. Of the year. I know. The guy. I know people are. Well, Mike, he was doing his job. I mean, that is a law. It's a legitimate law. You know what else is a legitimate law? That if you're in. Like, there's. there's. I remember there's. A, we did this on the show. There's like a town in Iowa that requires all houses to have a. Like a hitch. And a trough for horses. So if you're in that town and you build a home and you're in a town, you build a home and you don't put a, a, a hitch and a trough on the side of the house, you are violating the law or the law that says that four more than four women can't live in the same house. We, we actually have that law in Maricopa County. We have a law in Maricopa County that says that four women, more than four women are not allowed to live in the same residence. Believe it or not. These are those arcane laws that make absolutely no sense. I mean, what? where does law... This is the question that I always grapple with all the time. Where does law stop and common sense begin? Where, where is the boundary between law and common sense? Where is that boundary? Where does it start? Where does it start? Where does it end? What is the primary, what, where is the, where's the line? Well, Mike, it is the law. Yeah, I know it's the law. But then to write the guy a ticket, that's like the officer that tried to write me a ticket for jaywalking when I wasn't jaywalking. Well, you weren't in the intersection. Yeah, I wasn't in the intersection after the car hit me and knocked me 40 feet out of the intersection. That's true. Thank you, officer. 
same same kind of mentality. The guy goes, well, as I'm sitting there in the hospital after getting hit by a car and my face is swollen and I'm bleeding and I have 17 staples in my arm and four stitches above my eye and a chipped tooth and I'm bleeding and, and everything. And the officer goes, you know, I got to write you a citation, but I think you've learned your lesson. It's the same kind of mentality. I'm super cop. I'm a park service ranger. Now, okay, I can see it. If a guy is littering, okay, if a guy's littering or if he is disturbing the memorial and something like if he urinates on the memorial or if he does something, you know, carves his initials into it or if he does something to otherwise vandalize or disrupt the order of the area, uh, if the guy is creating a public disturbance, if there's something there, I, I can get it. But to a guy that's just simply reading the Gettysburg Address, outrageous. I've been to national parks. For example, the Grand Canyon National Park, I've been to, uh, I've been to like three or four national parks or areas. Each time, I never met anybody that was like, I'm going to be super cop. You know, I'm not, I, anybody that's, that has that, you know, rent a cop attitude. The, the, the worst people that I've run into are mall cops. I've seen those people, but, but everybody at the national parks, I've never met super cop. I've never met super ranger at a national park. All of those people are just nice people. They they come in there. They just hi, how you doing? Did you? Uh, are you having a good time? Sometimes they even point out things that you should look for. Sometimes they help tour people around. Sometimes they help people. So I've never had any encounter like this. But you know, there's always in any situation where a guy has a little bit of power, there's always going to be an asshole that abuses it. Just like I always say, I think most cops are great. I like most police officers. I've had two negative in, uh, encounters with police in my life. I didn't get arrested. Nothing bad happened to me. It was just they were assholes. I mean, just like in the general public, you're going to run into some people that are assholes. I've never met a national park person that was an asshole, but apparently this guy did. These guys are great. I totally get it. If a guy is littering, they're well with it. Or if they're those people that uh, if there's a no campfire policy and they try to have a, a campfire someplace. Yes, totally get it. If somebody is hunting, can't hunt in a national park. If somebody is, um, I mean, I would even if people are having sex in the national park. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Enforce. But really, <laughs> he was littering. I just read he was littering with his mouth. <laughs> or maybe he was. But they didn't they didn't cite him for uh, for disturbing the peace or causing a public nuisance. People voluntarily gave him money. And so because he delivered such a good address after he complied with the officer and moved to the bottom of the city. But that is, that's just a guy trying to be an asshole. I mean, let's not, let's not call it anything other than that. It's a guy trying to be an asshole. Not trying to be, it's a guy being an asshole. Not to, not to belabor this point. Um, a couple other things I want to get into. I have so much other stuff here. I just don't want to be here all day. But there are a couple other things I want to get to. There's new x-ray technology coming to airports. You know how they have these body scanners. Well, now they want to have the super body scanner, the one that can see through and into all your body cavities. The new x-ray technology that reveals drug smugglers' internal cavities 
will be trialed at airports under a plan to fast track security searches. Legislation before federal parliament. This is in uh, this is in uh, the UK, I believe. Federal Parliament would enable customs officers to use new body scanners instead of sending suspects to the hospital for internal x-rays ordered by a doctor. Police wasted more than 4,600 hours in hospitals waiting rooms last year because of drug smugglers waiting for scans. So, you know, what happens is if they suspect that you're carrying drugs, they have to go and do a, uh, a scan at a hospital. They have to order a, a scan at, at a hospital someplace. So uh, this is, again, this is in the UK. So now they're going to stop that. And of course, you know, that's a bellwether area. So what happens in the UK eventually will come to the United States. So they're going to have these, uh, these advanced scanning uh, procedures done in America's airports. That's more stuff coming out from uh, <clears throat> the area of body scanners, which are already invasive enough, you know, when I went to Las Vegas uh, a couple of weeks ago, these body scanners. So right now it's voluntary. You can either just choose to go through the metal detector or what they'll do is they could randomly choose you to go through the body scanner. Of course, you can opt out and have the aggressive pat down. Now, I just went through the metal detector. I didn't have any problem. My bag, on the other hand, went through and was very heavily scrutinized. It always is because I carry a digital camera. I have change in there, like a bag of change. I have uh, my, well, uh, my laptop's not in the bag, but I have a bunch of like, um, like sometimes I carry the keyboard for my laptop. Like I have a separate keyboard. Sometimes I carry that. I didn't this past time, but I did have uh, some electronic devices in there and CDs and stuff like that. So I carry that stuff. And so my bag gets scrutinized. They go through it, you know, with a fine tooth comb. Uh, they look at everything. They touch everything. They make sure that I, you know, because I do look like a terrorist, I'm sure. And so they scrutinize my bag. Me, I just walk right on through. But I saw a guy getting the uh, the aggressive pat down. You know, they had him stand there. They had him standing there for like ten minutes. First, they came over. They 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 had him. They have you stand on these like they have these footprints on the floor. They had so you're kind of spread legged a little bit, not not entirely, but somewhat. They have you put your arms all the way out. Uh, you're standing there. They're feeling you. This this guy was getting felt by another guy. I swear this was a groping. This went on for like three or four minutes where this guy is. He's feeling from his his ankles. He goes up and up his legs. Um, I thought it was like a, a tease there for a minute. I thought uh, I thought there were going to be some guy on guy action at the Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. So this guy then he's he's you know, these he's feeling he's he's. He's touching around his crotch. Now he's got a glove on and he's touching around his crotch with the, with the back of his palm. Not, not with the front, but with the back. But then he puts his palms, you know, front out and, and feels very aggressively on like his inner thighs kind of. And then up, this is right in front of me because I'm waiting. I'm standing there waiting for them to scrutinize my bag, which took 15 minutes, by the way. Meanwhile, this guy is standing there in front of me the whole time. He's just, he's, he's got his arms. They're like, keep your arms out, sir. So then they leave. The, one, the guy that's feeling him up leaves. He walks away for a couple of minutes. So the guy's still, he says, don't go anywhere, sir. So he stands there. The guy comes back. He takes a wand and he wands the guy. And then he feels around on him again. And he's asking him questions. Uh, where's your destination, sir? What is your business there? 
I'm like, what is this? What business of it is yours? Since when is the government into the, you know, I, again, because I'm a jackass, I would have said my business. Well, I'm going to go. I got to tell you something. I'm going to the, like, I don't know where this guy's destination was, but I'm sure, I don't know, maybe Seattle. I'm going to go to the Seattle. Man, they have got some weed there that, I mean, it's one hit and you are just, you are gone, man. I'm going up to British Columbia where it's, where it's legal. I'm going to go to the coffee house in Vancouver and I am going to smoke. I am going to smoke until my brain melts out my ears, man. Oh my God, that is what I am going to do. And I'm going to have sex with some of the best Canadian whores that Vancouver has to offer. And then I'm going to, I'm going to go out into international waters and do a line of Coke right there on this boat. And, uh, and then, um, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot at ducks out of season. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to have the dirtiest, nastiest sex. I mean, that's what I, I would have said to those guys because I'm the snarky asshole that would be the jackass <laughs> park services ranger. I would say over here, we have the Lincoln Memorial. And if any of you read the address aloud, even if it's to yourself, I will arrest you. Because I am Park Services Ranger and I am TSA officer. And as the TSA officer, I can ask you what your business is at this destination. This guy sounded more like a mother than he did a TSA. He's literally, he was asking the guy, what's your business there? Well, I, I'm, I'm just going there. He said something like I wasn't totally paying attention at first. So he said, oh, it's a business trip. Oh, well, what kind of business? What kind of business? What business of it is yours? What kind of business they're doing in Seattle or wherever this guy was headed? Body scanners, this just interrogation that's going on where the criminals are, where the where uh, citizens are treated like suspects and suspects are treated like citizens. Unbelievable the direction we're heading right now. I would be, see, you know me, if I was, if I was with the TSA in all seriousness, I wouldn't be that guy. You know, I would not, I would not be the guy that pulls somebody aside. I would not be pulling aside seven year olds and asking them to have an aggressive pat down. I would not be taking aside 78 year old quadriplegic women in wheelchairs and going through all of their stuff. But then again, and I would not, if I was parks, if I was park ranger, dude, I would be telling you about the sites. I would not be arresting you or I would not be issuing. He's, I can't believe that. He's, you know, I could arrest you for giving the, the, for reading the Gettysburg address. I would not threaten to arrest a guy for reading the Gettysburg address at the Lincoln Memorial. I would be happy that someone gives a rat's ass about Abe Lincoln. I would be happy that somebody is coming to the national park to actually honor a president of the United States. I would be happy that somebody gives a crap about U.S. history. I would not be stifling that. But then again, I actually believe in, in, in expanding people's intelligence, expanding people's knowledge and interest in U.S. history and, and uh, in history and, and education in general. I wouldn't be there to stifle it. You know, I could arrest you, sir. That's the classic line. When, when an officer says, you know, I can arrest you. You know what that is? That's a flexing of, of muscle. That's a flexing of, I have power muscle. That's exactly what the cop said to me. I could issue you a citation, but I think you've learned your lesson. That is 
ultimate condescending snarkiness to its nth degree. You know, sir, I could arrest you. You know what, officer? Why don't you? Why don't you arrest me? And let's go before a judge. You know, see, I would be just as much an asshole. I'd be like, you know what, officer? You're going to arrest me. You're going to have to write a whole report. And then we're going to go before a judge. And then I am going to waste your time and the court's time because I'm going to appeal a $100 fine and we're going to go before a judge and I'm going to waste your day. And then you're going to have to come to court because if you don't, that's going to get thrown out and it's going to make you look bad. And then if I lose in that court, I'll appeal it to a higher court where you'll have to come to that court proceeding as well. And I will take it all the way to the Supreme Court if I have to just to show you that I can out-asshole you because you wanted to give me that whole I could arrest you, sir, attitude. You know I could arrest you. Well, you know, I could make your life really annoying if you do. That's how I would look at it. I mean, why don't people just chill out? Why don't people just... Maybe, maybe this is me sounding liberal or maybe this is actually the ultimate libertarian in me that you know people say libertarians are at heart anarchists, which I am not. I believe in the rule of law and everything, but sometimes, again, the law doesn't make sense. Four women, you can't have more than four women living in a house. Well, why not? Well, because it could be a whorehouse. Yeah, or it could be just a real bullcrap economy and people need to live together. Four guys living in a house, oh, that's fine. Four women living in a house, that's illegal. What happened to the 14th Amendment? This is my problem. This is, this is ultimately what's wrong with... Law and common sense are not even close to one another these days. So it's totally legal to take something. If a doctor prescribes you something that is manufactured in a fact, it's, it's created by man. It's, it's this manufactured product that has interminably bad side effects for you. You could get, you could legally be on morphine and and Oxy and Percocet and Vicodin, whatever. You could be on all of these different things. You could be on legal opiates, but smoking a plant that grows out of the ground is wrong and evil. You can't read the Gettysburg Address from the Lincoln Memorial, but you could get a permit, and from that same memorial, you could shout about how you hate black people. You could talk about how you could, if you got a permit... You could get up at the top of the Lincoln Memorial and scream about how the South shall rise again and we need to reinstitute slavery. But you can't sit there and and read the Gettysburg Address without a permit. I mean, does any of this make sense to anybody else? Really? I'm just curious. All right, whatever. <laughs> Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Groff Show. The screen name is M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show. AOL Instant Messenger. Uh, ways to get in contact with this program. Of course, the other option is the one, the only, michaelgroff.com. And while you're over there, chilling out with us, um, you can um, comment on other shows. You can listen to past shows. Uh, always offer up your suggestions. You can subscribe to the website so that you can get email alerts when brand new shows are posted. Um, and we're going to have some exciting new features eventually. If you have any suggestions for the site as well, you can always provide those as well. Mike at KMGX.com. And of course, uh, MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. I really should probably have an at MichaelGroff.com email address. 
just streamline the whole thing. I've only had MichaelGroff.com registered for like 10 years or something or whatever. And I just thought of that now. I'm going to apply to the Park Services Department not to educate people but so I can arrest um, <laughs> I'm going to go <laughs> I'm going to go work at Yellowstone Park and anybody that impersonates Yogi Bear I'm going to tell them you know I could arrest you for impersonating Yogi Bear that's a registered trademark to Hanna-Barbera you bastard Dare you impersonate? You know, you know there there are um, there are people that enforce RIAA copyrights. There are people that go to summer camps and make sure that they don't sing trademarked songs at summer camps. You know that, right? That's the guy. I'm going to go be that guy. Can you imagine how empty and vapid your life is when you become the guy that goes around and makes sure that children, seven-year-olds, don't sing Wheels on the Bus because it's... it's <laughs> because it's copywritten and you don't have a permit. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time for another edition of the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Have a great night, everybody.